I'm in my mode. We back again. No, 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 no. Don't be a dope, cuzzo. Come on in. Come on. Don't let my head out of Conscious and breathing. Breathing it down. We're going to keep going. We're good. So my, since we're talking about that, it leads me right to my topic. As grown adult men, all three married, I'm sure I ain't heard nobody feel this, uh, all three married, tell me, what is something that your wife have said or done or significant other have said and done to let you know this chick loves me. And what do you do to reciprocate it? That's good. Like, what has been that eye-opener that guy? Damn. Hell. I'm going to step out here. Yeah. I, I met my wife with a two-year-old. I had a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was getting my two-year-old every other weekend. <clears throat> so, I'm not going to hide my two-year-old. And I'm dating you. And we're, at this point, we're dating exclusively. So, my two-year-old, every other weekend, comes. And she's just with me. I'm with her and nobody else. It's me and her. Nobody else is us. Well, at that time, my wife was like, yo, it's your weekend to get your daughter. Bring her here. And I was like, well, I got to work. I don't get off until like 9 on Friday. I was going to pick her up Saturday. She was like, no, I'll go get her. What? Wow. You going to my BM house and pick up my daughter. She's been around her enough that they know each other. They're comfortable. But you, you're about to daughter. My daughter and my wife are comfortable. They've been around each other. What about the, the wife and the big one? They've never met. Oh, that sounds like a fight. That's real. That, I know how this going. I know how this going to go down. Mm-hmm. This is going to be ugly. At this point in time, what side of town does your baby mom live on? That place apart too. She was out Woodman West. Okay. So that's you, 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 you might not get killed out there, but it's, nah, it's, it's well, yeah, so there'd be a fight with no weapons. It'd be a fight. Yeah, it's gonna it'll be a fight. No weapons. Maybe a weapon gets drawn if it get too ugly. But she was like, "Nah, go pick her up." I was like, well, you want to pick her up from daycare? That way they all don't cross each other. She was like, well, I'll get off till 430. I'm already on. I'm I'm working on Knuckles Road. That's just right up the street. <clears throat> I'll just pick her up after I get off work. I was like, well, she out of school at 132. She had daycare. She out of daycare at like four. You don't get off till 430. How's that gonna work? She was like, well, I'll just just call her. Call your PM and let her know that I'm picking her up. That's it. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. So you're going into a spot where y'all, you've never met this young lady. And you're going to pick up her daughter. Basically stabbing it that not only am I in her life, but your ex is mine now. Mine. And there's no going back from that. Is it pre- this pre-marriage, post-marriage? Pre-marriage. Mm. Pre-marriage, way before marriage. Right. I'll make the call, but 
Listen, let me let you know beforehand what you walking into. I'm not gonna let you walk in that blind. Right. She ain't fully stable. Mm-hmm. And you pulling up in a vehicle to pick her child up without me, it could be dangerous. And she was like, Well, it is what it is. I'm gonna get her. That's my if if I'm with you, then that's my child too. So let's be honest. The clothes she wore, she's wearing to school, to daycare, after daycare, I probably purchased. So really, you ain't got a whole lot that you can say to me. Everything that child is wearing, I probably put it on her back. <laughs> so really, how much do you, um, what you gonna say? You can, uh, yeah, 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 you want whatever. In the car, all right, come on, let's go. And I knew from that right there, and I was like, no, she's willing to straight out raise another person's child mm-hmm. with ease, not even question it. Like that's my that, that won't even the raising part. That's the that's the that's not even raising yeah. child. That's walking through through hell with some gasoline drawers on yeah. to show that I belong here. Right. Yeah. This is like this is my family. That's because she's a part of you, so that yeah. so that she's a part of me. Like, yeah, and that's when I knew I this is serious, right? <laughs> this is, this is, right? And she didn't go there. What 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 was ama- what amazed me about that was she didn't go there to fight. She went there to pick up her child. Right. Now if she if she would have went there straight from work, changed clothes, put on sweats, greased up, <laughs> greased up a little right. bit, threw the gloves on, got the burden, and went there with intentions to fight, then. That's a different girl. That's a whole different situation. That's that. I don't know if I really want to be with you. She went there. No, I'm, I'm here to pick up my child. That's an adult. Now, what you going to do? You either going to surrender that child, because my daughter's going to come out of the door running. Hey! And yeah. hug her and get in the car and ready to go. No, no, no different. Just doing yeah. what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And she's two. So, like I said, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's preface this story, man. This is the same chick that brought your iPod. <laughs> you give her a Charlie. Let me just stop saying she know I do anything for her. But I can say that, you know, for putting up with me, first and foremost, and my cheapness, and just my ways, <laughs> anybody who know me know how cheap I am. Know that you know, dinner is determined by what coupons we have. And when we first met, it was, you ain't not putting no cheese on this burger because we got cheese at home. Well, we're paying the extra 80 cents. Like, she, she dealt with all that. Like, 80 cents, yeah. Hold that like, cheese, nigga. Hold that cheese, what are you doing? You put cheese on We got cheese at home. But beyond all that, even to, you know, put on all that, the other day, she said the realest shit. She said the realest shit to me that just blew my mind. After being with her all the time, I know she loved me and love her that will do anything for me. She took I went to work early one Saturday morning. <clears throat> she had texted me, had a bad morning, got home, like, what happened? She told me that she had a dream that I cheated. And I don't know what's what we're talking about. But she had a dream that I cheated and woke up upset and was crying. Now you, how do you have somebody who loves you so much 
that uh, something that's not even real can affect her emotionally just the thought of you doing something wrong. And with that being said, like, how could you fuck up something or hurt somebody's feelings that cares that much about you? Like, you, that shit to me was mind-boggling. That's crazy, because that's happened to me. That's, that's happened, happened to me, too, with my wife. That, to, to me, that, and, and after 10 years? Yeah, that's a nine. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's a brand. Like, it's nothing ago. I will ever do to hurt somebody's feelings that could love me. That much. kind of reinforce the fact that women love harder than us. They just do, right? Like like we talked about the gift thing. They think of us when they're not with us. You know what yeah, I mean? That like yeah. it, it's just different, it's right? Like different and that they're built differently. Yes. Like we're Ooh. just we're just not built like that. And yeah. I, I've accepted that. Like and I think that's that's the part for me, at least now being married, is that it's a challenge for me. 
it's a challenge for me to show my wife that I care as much about her as she does me. Like I was telling him, I think that that's a challenge. Like the fact that we told all these stories about the gifts where we're, we're on the lower end of this other side because women just love differently than us. Right. Like they, 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 they typically love harder than we do. Like, they love emotionally. We love mm-hmm. practically. We, or I, logically. Our love is in the acts of doing what we're supposed to do, the whole holding the house that right. I'm a protector. I'm putting my life above your life. If, if, a, if a car is to jump the cliff and, and come towards us, I'm going to take this car. Yeah, like, like I think. Stuff like that. Women love emotionally. Right. Like, it's just like when we get sick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're gonna pamper us, they're gonna right. we're gonna get your eye, like come on. Yeah, like it's different. We're just we're we're yeah. Wait, wait, can I get let me get two minutes? Okay. Go ahead. So you talk about when you said my wife had a heart attack in the house. Couldn't breathe, chats, mm. all the symptoms. She was like, drive me to the hospital. At that time I had a 90 lap. Uh, black on black, black red, and y'all know I try slow. I don't, I don't break speed limit. I'm not doing it. I've been pulled over way too many times. I understand right. how this. I, I'm black. I'm, I'm a black male. I understand how this could end. Before it was popular, before it was, it was publicized that black men were being killed. I have been pulled over way too many times to know. I'm not gonna give you a reason to pull me over. So she's having a heart attack and she jumps in the car and I'm, I stroll out to the car. Chain on. Sit sit down, chill. Wallabies. Get my get, get the music right. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you pick the track. Absolutely. <laughs> you pick the track. <laughs> you put, she's in there gasping and you're like, wait a minute. I gotta find this case here, Joe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Nah, he about to put on camera on. <laughs> sit down. Dun, 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 dun. Adjust my mirror a little bit. You ready? Bing. Get pull out. And she looks at me and she was like, yo, I am having a heart attack and you're doing the speed limit. And I was like, yeah, because I don't want to die. She was like, I am dying. And I was like, oh, yeah, tough, right? <laughs> People die every day. Damn. And she looks at me and to this day, she was like, I remember when I had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, just doing speed. You're not doing it yourself. <laughs> you're like, I'd rather tell the truth. I think he messed it up for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I, you sent us back. <laughs> I'd rather tell oh, the truth. That's the you, segment you were talking about. You sent us back right there. You, you the topic of our segment. You sent black men back. You sent y'all back. You bring your minds. The panic for leap at the same time. They still split the bill. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? And you know, <laughs> we had a place where, where uh, freaking filet mignon is the special. He ordered a hamburger help. <laughs> and look at her when she ordered something. After she wants you to fall. Yeah, when she ordered, she paid for it. Oh, yeah. She paid for it. I'm shuffling through CDs. <laughs> trying to find out. Kid Capri Vicks while your wife is having a heart attack and you looking for rap music. But on the same rap music for you. On the same note, this is why we connected. This is why me and my wife. It I works for y'all. Work. She was pregnant, about to have our child, and her water broke. She's downstairs washing clothes, 
got laundry room, skillet playing, so it's a stackable. If you said wait to half time. Why, wait. No, no, no. No. She's washing clothes. Yeah. So the clothes come out of the dryer buses. I, she's grabbing the clothes out of the dryer and her water breaks. And I'm like, yo, your water just broke. And she was like, no, I didn't. I was like, why is the floor wet? She was like, it's probably the washer leaking. So I go behind the washer. I'm like, yo, the washer's not leaking. There's nothing back here. Your water just broke. And what she's soldier like, is you and she said, Hell, and she what? said, oh, dang, it did. Hold on. She goes to get a mop and a bucket. And she cleans that up. Then she goes, I was like, yo, come on. I'm grabbing bags. We got bags packed. Mary, the go. Zena, the water breaks. <laughs> you the, the dilated. It's the you water. Your water breaks. You're like, wait a minute. I didn't finish with the white shit. <laughs> I got a bag. I'm running on the door with the bag packed. And I come back. I see the car for like two minutes. And then I come back in. And she says, where were you? I said, man, your water broke. I said, go. We got to go. I done called the doctor and everything. Called the hospital to let them know we on our way. She says, nah, hold on. I got to do something before we go. And she grabs the vacuum and vacuums the downstairs. Then she, then she grabs the vacuum. Mind you, her water's broke. She grabs the back vacuum, walks upstairs, plugs it in, and starts vacuuming the bedroom. I run upstairs. I'm like, yo, let's go. Your water broke. She was like, nah, because when people, after this, people are going to come here to see the baby pre-COVID. And my, my house, house is not going to look like this. The house at all. <laughs> my house is not going to look that's, like that's the stuff that the women care about. Aesthetics. When people show up, my mama's going to come. Your your yeah. grandmother's going to come. They, my house is not going to be no wet floor with pee on it, and my my floor is not clean. Nah, it's not going down like that. So I, that's when I knew. Hey, yo. And the Mister Heron, the warrior soldier, your wife. Blink twice if you need help at home. <laughs> like, like, let us know if you're if you've been in danger <laughs> at all. Never that. Take. Never that. What's the what's the Alice the Goon the jump for Popeye that was like a beast? Alice the Goon. He says before you said, You said from Popeye. Yeah. Nah. You talking about Brutus? Brutus. No, that was the dude. It was like Popeye, Popeye, Brutus, and Alice. It was no, it was, no, um, when the, the girl no, was strong. Um, that was when the Alice was Alice Bloom. Bloom, yeah, yeah. See, that's, from Papa, yeah. yeah. She was Alice. She was. The, she, um, did she, she get she cut out? Of, did she, she get cut out of the cartoon? I know Papa the cartoon. Yeah, oh, I, you know what? I know you're talking about now. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's old. That's some old shit. We that, that's the black and white Popeye. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was. Right? That shit was before color. I mean, yeah. wah, wah, wah. That, that's Charlie Brown. See? Do you have a story? Yeah, well, I, I think when I figured out that my wife really cared about me before she was my wife, is that we used to go on dates all the time and we worked together. And we messed around, but both of us honestly were in relationships that were at its end, mm. right? So we were we were messing around, and um, we decided to go during work. We went to a happy hour one time oh, downtown in the National Harbor, and we went to this place called Thai Pavilion. We had a little Thai food, and we really started to talk real talk. And, you know, she was like, you know, we was like, what do you want? 
you know, not in terms of a relationship, but like, what do you want? Like, well, how do you want to live your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with what you're, what you're in right now? Like, why not go back to that and let that be okay? And like, when it came down to it, like when she was talking to me, she was like, well, tell me your story. You know, and I told her and I was like, you know, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm doing. And this is, and she's like, yeah, I hear that. And it sounds real nice, but like, what do you want? Like, you know, and she really made me tell her like, what I want going forward. Like, what do you see? You know, kind of like the question, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? Like, she's like, what do you, what do you want? And like the way that she started talking to me is like, she wanted me to win, right? Like she wanted me to have what I want, whether it was with her or not. Like, she was like, you need to pursue that because you deserve that. Like, and that, that kind of talk, like nobody's ever talked to me like that before. Right. Like she was just like, what do you want? It's like somebody who like, you know how like it clicks for you. Like when a person, when a person cares about you versus like a person who, who's, who's in just your life. in your life. Exactly. That That's kind of where yeah. it clicked for me. Cause she was like, well, I mean, and over that time she was just like, what do you want? Like, and I couldn't even answer the question directly. Like, and so she was like, no, 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 that's a bullshit answer. And like, she, she saw it. She was like, that's what you're saying. What sounds good. But like, what do you, if, if, Today, if it was only you and you didn't have nobody else in your life, what would you do? Like she and she had that conversation with me. I was like, damn, she's like she really cares. Like, like she really, she really wants to see me win. And after that, you know what I'm saying? Some real millennial shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever had a conversation with anybody I dated that cared what I wanted yeah. or where I saw myself. Right? Not until we got to that point. I had a child or somebody <laughs> that didn't care what I wanted or where I saw myself. I, I feel you. At all. Right? Until right. Marriage. Right. And after marriage, <clears throat> definitely discussed right. that. But pre-date, nah. And that's, and that's why millennials don't get married, right? Because they don't need that, that legal standing to, to care for the person that they're with, right? True. Because... Other than that, all that is is a legal formality. That's all it is. It's not. It's not. Well, so I'm glad I'm not a millennial because I will probably have 38 kids by now. Really? Millennials strap up. We came up in the era before. Millennials are scared to have sex, unprotected sex. Yeah. Millennials are scared to have unprotected sex. That's that's what that's what it says. They're scared of 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 having a child. And I'm not knowing what the other parent is going to do or who they are. Well, we, when I grew up, you wrapped up. But I was, shit, I was 1920 before wrapping up became a thing. 1920. 19 years old, 20 years old. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like 1920. The <laughs> <laughs> prohibition. He thought he was, was getting it in with flowers. He was born in 1920. It's still alive. Hell. Fuck, it's just a journal truth. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? I cannot. What's <laughs> wrong? I like him a little bit. He said the Underground Railroad was hot, man. Yeah. We said that was a whole different train. We're about to free a whole <laughs> lot of you, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mix them. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Yo, <laughs> the views of this show. That's terrible. It's completely. No, that's yours. I don't know if we got to put ratings on this. But yeah. It's all the way up, whatever it is. <laughs> and beyond what that. that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Referencing our last episode, I'm pretty sure we're going to be canceled. Last <laughs> <laughs> nah. Y'all seeing cancel proof right here. Man, that's what this Pull is. Because we we only know how to be us. And that's it. Hey, here's a question, dude. Yeah, hit us with it. Have you heard your child use their white voice yet? All the freaking time. My daughter greets me like, hello, father. <laughs> she's not that person, though. Right. She's absolutely not that person. But she's like, hello, father. Mm-hmm. And I look at her like, no. <laughs> like I know you. He probably says that. Too. You just bought a two hundred dollar little baby ticket. <laughs> I said, "Hello, father." Like, what she doing all the time? And I, I mean, it's it's cool. See, that's that's what that's where it comes to raising Gen Zers, right? Because like, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. Like they they they've born in in the world of everything, so they can be hood and PC at the same damn time. Like we didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son, um, he's a nerd, like me. So he actually does talk PC until he gets mad, right? Like that's, that's, <laughs> then the nigga come out. Yeah, that, that's like me. Like a Spanish chick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> Yeah, and cuss you out in Spanish. That's him. Like he will he will talk politically correct until he gets mad. And then after that, all bets are off. Like he a nigga, then right, like he's emotional, right? That's, like and that's, that's that's the trait we never learned. Yeah, we never learned. Like For I'm sure we would probably want the eight job interviews with that chain on if he hadn't had it back when he was nineteen. Yeah, nah, I learned early piece. I learned early white boys, black boys. That's why I grew up in a household, and as we discussed last time, I grew up in with my mom's side. It was crazy. With my grandmother's side, my father's side, it was Queen's English. Period. But white voice, black voice is different than how you, for me, how I dress, I couldn't get past. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you different, maybe, a little bit different. But I could not dress me. I could not have on the Tim's or like the baggy jeans or all. Like my, mm-hmm. my first real, real job, I was stuck in the same spot. For like four years, and then in the gym, I was with my boss at the time, and I was constantly like, "What I'm gonna do? I got a baby coming. I'm making like ten dollars an hour here. Like, I got, I got to do something." And, we was, and he was rapping with me, or whatever. He's like, "Da da da. You want? Wait, you graduated from college? <laughs> wait, you you had a double major? Wait, you what? Well, you you wear the bag of pants and the Tim's all the time. Well, I didn't know you had any sense to you." Wow. And it, it, he was he talked to me real real right then. And he said I, I, I had no idea. And I got like he says, stay where you at. I got you. And sure enough, like three months later I got a promotion, and three months later I got another promotion. But like he actually they started talking to me like, okay, he got some sense. And they gave me like jobs to do what people were sent. But because I couldn't get past my mind, this is how I dress. I came from union. Right, like I came from Richmond. Like I'm a weather chain. I'm weather chain. I'm weather earrings. I'm weather. You know, it's like I talk. I know I got sense. Yeah. I 
I got to pay see, that, Uber, I That's see. sad. And then that's, but see, that's the part where being millennial is, an, is a benefit, right? Because no matter what you look like, everything's professional. It's even, right? Like it wasn't like that for you. And I think that's the thing now. Now, companies are trying to get millennials in because they're the new leaders, right? They're the people who are coming in with the innovation, the people who are coming in with the ideas, the people who are, are the leaders. But millennials also are more non-threatening. Gen- what are we? Generation what? Generation X? Mm-hmm. Millennials. Now nah, we're from, disruptive folks. No, from aesthetics. From aesthetics. Mm-hmm. aesthetics, just from the look at it. Right. You look at a millennial, and they're very non-threatening. The gen- I mean, they might wear the jeans below. They fit, though, the T-shirts, the vans sometimes, maybe whatever. You look at Generation X, mm-hmm. it was the baggy jeans. It was the, right. the tan. That, that's the time like, period, though, the, right? That's, but, it's not necessarily the, the person. When we were more threatening looking, and they won't pay us more attention. Well, that depends. I mean, maybe well, you as a Gen X, but a white person as a Gen X wore khakis and a, and a collared shirt. And I say this to y'all many Same times. time period. I wore a lot of Eddie Bauer. I wore a lot. Yeah, they were big, but they were Eddie Bauer. Right. So I wore a lot of khakis and button downs. And what shoes did you have on? At that time, probably some Nike Air Maxes. Not even what you have on that. Tucked in. We all said we said this in the pilot episode. He'll tuck his chain in at work, but wear it when he out in the street. As, as, but at nineteen and twenty one, yeah, my chain was tucked. My 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 uck at the time was tucked. I knew. All right, when I get here, this is how I have to look. It didn't take much for me to change, to button my button up, up, pull my pants up, tighten the belt, yes. and now I'm at work. To get in the door, I, I did that. No, I did that the whole the time. Every time, every day, door, I was 100% had to be. Yeah. And I think and that, that comes that's back to that for you. Comes back to the upbringing, right? Because, like I said, I grew up with just enough money to be broke around white people. Yeah. Right. So, but I was still around them. Yeah. So I had, I had to have the look. Right. I had to put on the khakis and the pole shirt. Absolutely. Because other than that, it was they weren't going to let me in the door. That was the mindset. So when I did that, I, I did that, and then it was like, oh wow, and you know how, and you can talk, right? Like, and, <laughs> and you went to, and, 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 you and you got some sense, <laughs> and you can enunciate, right? Like so, so that I had, I feel like I did have to look the part, but I did it on my accord. Right, I did it at a, I, I picked a polo polo, right, like something that <laughs> I would wear. So not tucked it in. No, never, never tucked my polo. But you, I no, wore it short enough to where it's not hanging to my knees. Yeah. But it's you know what I'm saying. It's I didn't tuck my like, polo in because my joint hung to the knee. Yeah, I never so tucked my shirt in. Never did that. But and here's but here's another thing that um. That happened, and shout out to John Marshall of Justices. Let's go jam. I went to jam for like half a year. That's my people's over there. And um, one of the classes that they had, one of the classes that they had was like a pride class. And it, it was an acronym. So you went to this class, right? In this classroom, I swear to you, it was 10 people. That's it. Eight of those 10 were athletes. So they were either on the basketball team, football team, or cheerleaders, track team, something. In order to be in this class, you had to have a job. If you didn't have a job, they got you a job. At that time, I didn't have a job. I'm 17, 16, 17. I had a job. No, actually, yeah, I'm 17, 16. 
I got a job. Just turned 15, eight months. I got a job. So they was like, all right, but we will get you a job. The job they gave me was at City Hall, mm. working with the school board for the lunch, for the, uh, That's beast. the lunch joint. I was like the dude who went on the computer and counted out how many people in this school ate lunch right. and printed that report. But because I had to go to City Hall, you can't walk in City Hall dressed like anything. Yeah, you, right. you got to be teed up. It's suits and ties up here. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the job didn't start until like 4.30. Uh-huh. No, actually, 3.30. Because we got out of school at 3. So you had to be there by 3.30. Right. So you ain't got time to go home, change, shower, change, and nah, you got whatever you wore to school. That's what you went. That's what you went. Right. But I'm at Marshall. And if you're from VA, RBA, Richmond, you know Marshall was a fashion show. Mm-hmm. It was what it, what it is. It was, hey, you better come in here looking like something. Or else you will get murdered. Right. So I had to come in there looking like something. So I had to make what I was going to wear to work also be accessible to school without mm-hmm. getting murdered. Right. So I'm in Marshall and I leave Marshall and go straight to City Hall. And the person I worked for directly was a doctorate. I never knew anybody who had, at that time, had a doctorate. So she used to be like, yeah, call me doctor. This is what I do. And this is your job. And this is what you do. So the first time I came in with baggy, anything, the secretaries would stop me at the door. What are you doing? Go put your pants up. Turn around. Tuck that in. All right? Button that up. And then you can go in. And these were the nurses, these were the, the secretaries. This wasn't the doctor who was running the whole program. And when I see her, she was like, oh, you look nice today. Mm-hmm. So all, it was all button ups for me. It was all khakis. I had to be, it was all, hey, keep your shoes fresh. Keep your, your pants need to be ironed. Yeah. Don't come in here wrinkled. Don't come in here baggy. Don't come in here like that. But at school, I got I got a bag these a little bit. I got to untuck this shirt. I got to take the the button up out so that you can see the blue in the shirt, the blue in the button up, and right. the blue jeans and the blue checks on the night. You got to see all that so it's flop. But as soon as I walked, I got off the bus to walk in the city hall. It was button this up, mm-hmm. tuck this, pull this up, tighten the belt, pull this up, check it. Fit it, all right, make sure they ain't touching the ground. All right, we good. All right, hey, how y'all doing today? Mm-hmm. But it was a different, I, I never could go, I couldn't let that affect both sides. I had to be able to transition quick, quick. So that's what it was. That's that's not the majority. Not at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we get older, like that's if somebody, like you said, the person who told you whatever, them them jewels that we look back on. Yeah, yeah. somebody like, put in your ear. That was my, my situation was similar to that. Actually, it was, it was similar to that because I I had to, like he said, I, I had to make it respectable on both sides mm-hmm. for me. Was this a school or what was it was that? for everything because I was looked at differently. Like I, by the time I got to high school, I mean I was a military brat, so I moved around a lot. But because of that, 
I always felt like when I went to a new place, I, I didn't necessarily fit in, right? Like I'm not from there. People always could tell me, they, they could always can tell when I showed up a place, I'm not from there. Especially if it was suburban adjacent. You see what I'm saying? No. Like it, it was one of those times where I went from living, before I lived in Virginia, I was in the fifth grade. I went to four different schools, I think, in the fourth grade, in the fifth grade. When I started, I started in Lawton, Oklahoma is where we were. That's where my dad was stationed. Is that where the bomb was at? That is basically, all, all of Oklahoma is flat and boring and a bunch of white people. That's where I was at. I feel like that's what oatmeal was made. Just yeah, the Quaker. <laughs> so I started fifth grade there, right? And I remember being, as far as being a dark-skinned black boy, I was probably the only one in the class. But it was still a gifted class, right? It was still like I still went to school for the academic level that I was on. So I remember, you know, just being different aesthetically, like when people looked at me different. So they all wore, you know, things that they wore. And for me, it was like, I'm still urban at heart, but I had to find a way to to dress mm-hmm. like me, but to fit in. So for me, even back then in the fifth grade, mind you, I started wearing khakis and maybe like a nice sweater with matching shoes. Right, like even back then, that's a long, that's that's really early to be doing stuff like that. So by the time I got to high school, I was on the same stuff because I knew this is my safe zone, right? This is the this is what I can wear to where I can't I won't get messed at messed with by my peers, but at the same time, it's acceptable to the adults and to you know people who found things have to be aesthetically pleasing or whatever. You know, when you say that, I think of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. He had the blazer turned inside That's, out, but he had to wear the same That's exactly what I felt like. I identified with that show. He had, he had to he had to make it count. Yep. Yep. I and mean, that's, that's, what, that's what it that's was like for me. Not at all how I came up. <laughs> I came up just admiring the drug dealer children who had all the troops and the Tims and the Jordans. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait till I was had money to get my own. And what I did, it just it bled out into the corporate world with degree and all. Just a little. Like once you get past the interview stage, I'm, I'm here. Here. I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm in the door. Now. That right. shit held me back like a goddamn kick in the door. <laughs> <laughs> it was opposite for me. It was it was really opposite. Cause and let's let me go ahead and be honest with this one. As I always say. Um, we grew up very close neighborhoods, almost around the same time, but our neighborhoods were almost opposite. Highland Park was a different neighborhood from the East End, from Eastern Henrico. They were different neighborhoods. They were, when you look at the people, when you look at how they dress, how we dress, how y'all dress, you could tell them apart from, yeah, they stood, two of them stood right next to each other. You can be like, all right, he from Highland Park, he from uh, Bungalow. He from Highland Park, he from, you could look at it and see. And it wasn't one was better than the other. It was, we just, we did things differently. Our, we had to come up like that. We had to come up with your outfit. What you put on had to be stylish, but it had to be personal. 
it had to be it had to be enough that you were going to get respect on the streets, but you could also get respect in the boardroom. You get people look at you and say, "Oh, is that a Mavada?" We, we fuss about this all the time. Absolutely. Welcome back to Conscious and Breathe. Breathing gas. Conscious and Breathe. About it was <laughs> Richmond once again, 804. I love you, but here's another chance, another opportunity to bring in a revenue. Did you see all that? Who voted? The casino? Yeah. Most of the people up north voted no, and the people down south voted yes. In South Richmond, where it was going to be at. Yeah. So the people where it was going to actually be at in effect voted yes for it. Northern Richmonders voted no for it. But the crazy thing is, what, what do you have in your city that's bringing people in? So why would you say no? Because you have nothing. And the people of North are still vote, are still hanging on to shit that the people who live in the city don't give a fuck about. The people who live in the city don't give a fuck about the cobblestones. The people who live in the city don't give a fuck about the monuments. The people who live in the city don't give a fuck about Shaco Bottom unless you're talking about the club. Like you said, those, those people who voted no, they don't <clears throat> they don't spend their time in the city. Mm-hmm. Right? They usually go to the county when they want to do stuff. And that's that's the type of people who yeah. do that type of stuff. You won't catch them yeah. out in the city. Damn. Because it's there's nothing there to attract them, like you just said. There's nothing there. Right. The, the mean, biggest complaint I heard from people from watching the clips and stuff said that they were worried about the, the gambling addiction and it taking hot money out of the pockets of people That's for bullshit. gambling. That's bullshit. It's a fucking slap you see in every corner of the hood. I don't see no 14-year-olds <laughs> in casinos or no, no 17-year-olds. You got to be legally of age. And if you legally of age, you spend your money or waste your money on a lot of shit. That's not gonna bring revenue back to you. Absolutely. Like seller Jerry Hennessy ain't putting a goddamn dollar in Richmond. <laughs> but some shit that somebody might get addicted to like gambling that's gonna actually make better schools, better books yeah. and stuff like that. But you that's, can vote again. That's what that side uses. They use the those type of narratives to scare people, right? To vote the way that they want. Like that's that's the that's been the game for the longest time, right? Like they'll say stuff like, "Oh, yeah, it may bring jobs, but at the same time, you know, it's gonna make the crime rate go mm-hmm. up because now people are gonna do stuff. You know, they're gonna rob people. You know, it's gonna make the crime go up because it's money, right? And with the money comes the crime. Okay, but um, those same people who need stuff who need stuff and they commit crimes because they're in poverty and because they live below, below the poverty line. They're doing that now. <laughs> we we see it every day. But what you don't understand, when you have a, a, a viable commodity, people gonna protect that. Like law enforcement is gonna protect that. Absolutely. Like, if you got something bringing generating that much money, just like the lottery, that's, they're not gonna let that get tainted or some shit go wrong that's gonna damage yes. the name. Or lower the revenue because it's bringing in so, so much money. So if you get a casino here that's bringing in so much money, they're not going to be robbing people at the casino oh, or around the casino. Man, if you live in Richmond, you drive your ass home to Church Hill, somebody might follow you. Or if you, if you decide to say, hey, I ain't staying at this casino and this, I'm, I'm going to stay in another hotel, somebody might follow you, but they're not going to let that you're right not you're not gonna get And what's the difference, right? Like, like, what, what's the difference between them seeing you got a lot of money there versus them seeing you with a lot of money at short pump 
or them seeing you buy this big ass free TV on Black Friday and following you back home anyway, yeah, right? Like it's, it's the same thing. There's no difference. And it's, this is the second major project in the last like four years that, that is Richmond has shut down. And and the problem that the start of it to me was this, the original argument was, well, it's, it's going to take taxpayers' money. But the last two people that came in <coughs> said, no, nah, we, we don't want a dollar from y'all. Just let us get this land, let us build here. We'll build it all on our own, not, not a dollar to the taxpayer. Wait, so you're not what we, they had to flip the argument. Oh, shit. Oh, what about crime? Because the Gravel Hill project would have revitalized downtown, which, let's be honest, there is nothing down there. We got a downtown with nothing. And it's crazy because it could be so much. It could be so. Richmond is shooting itself in its own foot. It's the only place that funny stuff. It's the only place that ninety-five and sixty-four, two major highways connect. They connect to each other. You can go. You can start in Richmond and go from Richmond to West Virginia, basically using my mic just got erectile dysfunction. (laughs) That's what. That's what that's slurping. (laughs) (laughs) You just slurp again and come back up. I hate y'all niggas. See what you're talking Damn. Mike Lickinger was like, how you going to be like this? Stop that. Stop it be your own niggas. Stop playing. I'm turning on my own niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now I don't even want to be close to the mic. I <laughs> <laughs> my whole shit up. We got social distancing from the mic. <laughs> Tick-tock moment. <laughs> I was born with this. I can't know. Fuck y'all. It'd be your own That's the joke. It'd be your own. And this and what is this dude wearing a hat in the house? That's who he is. He, did you not hear the part where he talked about how he dressed? He's comfortable right now. You said, well, I want a hat in my reception for my wedding. What? Like yeah, brought, he did. To, I'm somebody brought a hat out before the reception started, and I put on my hat like that was. Me and what kind of shoes did you have on? Because we couldn't get all the groomsmen the same J's. Right. I had on regular shoes, but the plan was trying to get J's, but trying to get everybody the same pair of J's. That's East End, boy. Was was crazy. That's East That's End. Nice. He wanted to wear crazy. J's in the fitted. J's in the fitted. And the fitted. To the reception, the wife. She banned it for the wedding, but it was all for the reception. She was for, but to get seven more the same pair of Jordans. Why ain't go get ballets? Because y'all could have all brought ballets to get the same. I got threes for the whole team. (laughs) That's what Lay was saying. Thank you. But we would have got ballets. That's the we would have got everybody in ballets. I've never had ballets in my life. Really. I've never seen nobody. What dollars? We're like, ooh, I want those. Hmm. Everybody, Clarks? 
I mean, I don't have nothing against him. I just never. He got Always inspired. I always wanted growing up. I looked at the Georgia kids that had on the Jordans. I looked at the people that had money that had on Jordans. And I always wanted them. And I always got the Jordan black shoes, which was Baldwin's <laughs> and um, yeah, whatever the fuck. It was. That's, that's what I started. Until I started working. That's that's a different one. Like the Jordan shoes around us, we. They didn't even dress like drug dealers. They dressed like they went to work at a corporate office and then took the shirt off. They dressed like they exactly. were trying to clean their money. Yeah. Well, yeah. And most of them were trying to clean their money. Because we had, and, and no disrespect, please believe, no disrespect. Y'all, you said it earlier. Y'all were young dudes trying to come up. We were already established. So our drug dealers had already, were already established as drug dealers. And they learn how to flip that drug money to clean money. So you have a Mike Simpson store, you have a a cleaners, you have a a, 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 a mechanic shop. You you go by that mechanic shop and you don't really work there. Yeah, you just you you just make sure that that mechanic shop has cars and somebody's working and has mechanics. And it, on paper, it looks like it's a mechanic That's shop. I realized that seven. That, 18, 19. At 14 years old, a freshman in high school, I seen Jordans that I knew my parents went by. Yeah. I was in, I, that's all I wanted. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't wait to get my first red Jordan. And I didn't think it was going to take me to get through <laughs> until I started working myself to buy them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never, my cousin brought a pair of Jordans, the first Jays, the first Air Jordans when it was $80. Yeah. The first, well, when I said they were when I was they were like one ten. Yeah, they were eighty. Well, and it was outrageous. Some shoes. It was outrageous to yeah. pay eighty dollars for some shoes. And it, I mean, my family went in hard on them for buying some eighty dollars shoes. You brought some eighty dollars. Reebok classes were forty dollars. My first pair of J's were a pair of tens that were black and like a mauve color. When I went back to school in the seventh grade, I'll never forget that yeah, shit. Yeah, you had, you had Jordans in the seventh grade. I got my first pair in the seventh yeah, grade. But, but mind you, you got to think about what time this is, right? If I'm in the, if I'm in the seventh you know, grade. You know what parents felt like that to be better <laughs> for their kids than they did. Right. Yeah. So this, was, this was, I mean, a generation removed from, huh? He grew up different. He told yeah, me like, he grew uh-huh. up rich enough to be... Poor white people. <laughs> right. So, like, this is my first pair in the seventh grade. You know, I, I went back full blown. I mean, I, I got my fresh cut the way I wanted. I got a slit in my eyebrow, like, oh, like hip hoppers were doing, right? Like, all of that. One slice in the eyebrow, right. trying to wild trying out. Trying to wild out. My boy saw me on the first day of school and he wrapped that line, right? Like, that. I'll never forget it, right? Like that that was a time. Like I was I was frightened. Like I was that dude. I'm not that nigga. You know me. I'm not I'm not a dude with three slits in the eyebrow trying to wild out. That's not me. Right? But I wanted to be that. So that was me in the seventh that's grade. What you doing. Seventh grade. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Exactly. I wanted to be that person. And then I and then I went to homeroom in the honors class. <laughs> that that was that was who I was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. A waste of an outfit. Was a poser like shit. Yeah. That was crazy. Crazy. The crazy thing was look, the the image the, the the people that you you Rob was talking about that we looked up to, they didn't live like regular drug dealers. Mm-hmm. They was 
They went to work every day. They didn't do shit at the work. <laughs> but I'm like, if I can, some of them you might work for the more so they can money. Yeah, they was already making they money. Was making money. They didn't even I swear to you. Swear to you. No bullshit, no craziness. I was taken from my mom to my, and you might want to record this. I was taken from my mom to my um, aunt, to my grandmother, and then I moved in with my cousin. Mm-hmm. My cousin, Brenda Sales and Tyrone Sales. Rest in peace, Tyrone. Tyrone drove a green Lincoln slant back with the tire, with the green tire cover. Work at Phillip Morris. His wife, Brenda Sales, my cousin, born in my family, drove a Pinto Brown. Worked at <laughs> worked at uh uh Phillip Morris. They live in the Highlands too right now. She lives in the Highlands too. He's deceased, of course. I went to them because they said I went to live with them because they said, "Hey, look." He's growing up in a house full of females. He's going to be gay. Mm. That was a thing back then. He's going to be gay. He grew up in a house with his mama, his aunt, his grandma. He's going to be gay. He's Talking about you? Yeah. Okay. He's going to be gay. He's the only dude in the house. Right. going to be gay. So my dad from jail called Tyrone and said, hey, go get my son and make sure he's not. I don't know how you can do it. Yeah, it sounds stupid right now. <laughs> From jail, he calls and say, go get my son, pick him up. He lives with you now. Make sure he ain't gay. That's crazy. That sounds stupid right now. Mm-hmm. But that's what happened to me. So when I look at the standards of people, when now mind, mind you, Tyrone was in the streets. Mm-hmm. He worked at Phillip Mars. He made plenty of money. If you're from here, you know if you worked at Phillip Morris in the 80s and 90s, you was making can money. Yeah. 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 So he had money, but he would get off from work, drink a beer, jump in his car, grab me. We're going to ride through Churchill, Southside, West End, East End. I don't know what he was doing. I don't care. I'm just happy to be in the front seat of the fucking car. <laughs> yeah. I'm in an all leather dog Lincoln. I'm good. Green on the interior. Green on the outside. Green slant back. Get me. <laughs> Get me. I'm good. So when you see me in the neighborhood, I'm like, hey, hey I know you. Hey, you're my class. Hey, I remember you from third grade. Hey, you see me riding around and I'm straight. Yeah, next time you see me, you're going to dab me up. Because you just seen me with this dude. Now, mind you, I don't know what this dude did outside of work. But I know he got up every morning. He went to work. He came home, drunk a beer, jumped in his car, and went out and did what he did. And I rolled with him. So when Ron says, yeah, I looked up to those dudes who were wearing Jordans. I did, huh? 
I didn't. <laughs> I didn't look up to the dudes who won Jordans. I looked up to the dude that was sounded like the perverted. <laughs> I looked up to the dude that was driving a Lincoln, who was showing out everything, who was doing this and doing that, who was going to every neighborhood clean, didn't get shot, and didn't no no arguments. Everybody was happy when they saw him. It was all like, understood. But once again, like that goes back to. Our power was established. Mm-hmm. They had to pretend that not even on Green Ridge in Southside. Oh, okay. He lived on Green Ridge off Warwick on South in Southside. So it wasn't he was established. He established himself in Churchill and moved to Green Ridge. But that's who I was surrounded with. I was surrounded with people who were established, whether they were established in Churchill or Highland Park or Southside or the West End. I was I grew up around those people because those people were in my family, thankfully. Well, we got one hour what? We got we got more than an hour sometimes. Yeah, we're working on Right now we're working on an hour and thirty minutes. Going so, six minutes, we'll, we'll have we'll have ninety minutes. An hour and thirty minutes. First off, let me just say this: shout out to Cuffs. This dude wearing cuffs now. He used to clown me for wearing cuffs. No, he cuffs and shit, man. Really? <laughs> yeah, he used to clown me for my cuffs. I can never pull that super off. Cuffs. Too tall. I I super cuffs. I had super cuffs. No doubt, super cuffs. No doubt, I had super cuffs. But now I look around. Most of those people who clown me about my cuffs are wearing cuffs. <laughs> when I knew you, but yours was just sense <laughs> just stupendous. You know, you do realize that since he won the buzzer beaters last time. No, you won the buzzer beaters last time. You I get to choose the outro. I get to choose the outro. I'm scared. Oh, shit. I don't know I what you're gonna choose, bro. I'm actually gonna be some old Negro spiritual. Oh Lord. I want to stop looking at right there. <laughs> I don't know what my buzzer beater for this week is going to be. Yeah, I have no idea, but I don't even know which way I'm going to go. I'm going to go old school, new school. He's choosing his outro, bro. You know it's his turn to choose the outro, yeah. so. Yeah. I told him, don't come with that way. That's scary. He going to come with something. Hey, he probably will. He probably will. He probably Nice and smooth. He going to play some. <laughs> Okay. 
I'll go. Yeah, I'm right. My buzzer beater is let what's for you be for you. Mm. Right? Like, um, I think a lot of times we're so worried about what other people think and we're so worried about, you know, how people are going to view us based on our decisions. And we were talking about our choices earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as it feels right to you, then it's for you. And I feel like that's that's my brother beater is, is, you know, if you feel like it's right for you, then let it go, no matter what the consequences are. I don't know what sound effects are going on back there. Man, it was the sound effects. This dude making up his own. He was like, I hate to interrupt you, brother, but I'm going to go ahead and play this while you're talking. Don't mind it. Um, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had to bounce out. Hell, my buzzer beat is you do not know how long you're on this earth. Mm. Enjoy your time mm. and your time with your family and or friends. Mm. You do not know. We saw, unfortunately, we saw the death today of young dogs. Mm. Unfortunately, we've all had losses in our life where somebody's gone way too early. And how many times have we ever heard or said out of our mouth, I was just with him yesterday. Mm. Enjoy your time with people while you're here. And by the way, shout out to Drunk Champs on this one. Give people their flowers while they're here. While they're here. That's it for me. What you got? All right. And after my buzz beat, let me pause for a second so I can find what I'm looking for. But my buzzer beater is um, it's okay to be selfish. Mm. It's, it's okay to be selfish, but but be selfish within limitation. If you can be selfish, don't expect nothing from nobody that you're not willing to give. I'm selfish, but I'm not gonna ask anybody for almost nothing. And the people who I do ask for is people I know I'm gonna get the same in return. Mm. So I, I'm comfortable being selfish because. Ain't nobody worried about me coming to them for nothing. The same way I don't expect for nobody to come to me for nothing unless it's people that I know gonna do for me that I do the same for. I like that. I like that. I want that to be my outro. The following are true stories. May 26, 2003, Aaron Ralston was hiking. A boulder fell on his right hand. He waited four days. Then he amputated his own arm with a pocket knife. On New Year's Eve, a woman was bungee jumping in Zimbabwe. The cord broke. She then fell into a river and had to swim back to land in crocodile-infested waters with a broken collarbone. Claire Champlin was smashed in the face by a five-pound watermelon being propelled by a slingshot. Matthew Brobus was hit by a javelin. David Striegel was punched in the mouth by a kangaroo. The most amazing part of these stories is when asked about the experience, they all smiled, shrugged, and said... I guess things could have been worse. So go ahead. Tell me that you're having a bad day. Tell me about the traffic. Tell me about your boss. Tell me about the job you've been trying to quit for the past four years. Tell me the morning is a townhouse burning to the ground. Tell me the snooze button is a fire extinguisher. Tell me the alarm clock stole the keys to your smile. Jumping at 7 a.m. and the crash struggle for happiness. Tell me, tell me, tell me how blessed are we to have tragedies so small they can fit on the tips of our tongues. You see, when Evan, you see, when Evan lost his legs, he was speechless. When our cousin was assaulted, she didn't 
according to me. But it feels like your guardian angel put in his two-week notice two months ago and just decided not to tell you. But it feels like God is a babysitter that's always on the phone. We get put to the esophagus by fiscal life. Remember that every year, two million people die of dehydration. So it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. There's water in the cup. Drink that shit and stop complaining. Mm. You see, muscle, muscle is created by repeatedly lifting things that have been designed to weigh us down. So when your shoulders feel heavy, stand up straight, lift your chin, hell, call it exercise. Remember that life is a gym membership with a really complicated cancellation. How long is this? Bridge, 